On today's podcast, we are breaking down the wild card matchups and MLB playoffs, and then we're going to talk a little football, and then we're going to do our awards, our regular season MLB awards. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, Lucas Jones. Lucas, glad to have you on. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Okay, so let's talk a little bit of football from this weekend. Uh, getting into college football first. What do you think about Alabama? They just crushed Ole Miss this weekend. Yeah, it's starting to look like it's going to be another Alabama-Clemson national championship game. Uh, but the last two national championship games were thrilling, so, you know, that's not a big deal. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't want to count out Oklahoma just yet. Or Washington. I, I don't know if Washington's quite there in terms of talent, but I think that uh, Baker Stud Mayfield uh, could, if if Oklahoma runs the table, they're going to have a couple of big matchups. They've got TCU and Oklahoma State in conference games. And so I think if they make it through and then they make it through the new Big 12 title game, they're going to be pretty battle-tested. They got that road win at Ohio State, but you're right, Clemson looks really good this year. Which probably is a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people because they lost so much talent, including Deshaun Watson, who, you know, he's actually looking pretty good in the NFL the last couple of weeks. And But Dabo's got his team, you know, firing all cylinders, it seems. Uh, they may have one or two big tests coming up, but... I don't think anybody's really worried about them missing a beat. Yeah, I think Florida State will probably be their toughest test from here out. But uh, looking around college football, it USC got stunned on Friday night against Wazoo. Uh, everybody, you got to love Mike Leach. I mean, some people freaking hate him, but I love him. <laughs> I think he's a blast. But uh, that was a big upset. Darno didn't look good in that game. Uh, so it looks like the Pac-12 is kind of Washington's to run. I think Chris Peterson is building something in Washington. I don't think that they quite have the talent to beat Clemson or Bama yet, but I think he's got his Boise State Pro Pac-12, and I think that they're going to be a monster for years to come. Well, I mean, they did make the playoffs last year, right? Yes. And you have them looking like a frontrunner to make it again. Um, you know, you win the Pac-12, even if you have one loss, but you win the Pac-12, there's a good chance they let you in to the playoffs just because simply there's still a view out there that the Pac-12 is more competitive than the Big 12 right now. And I don't know if that's true, but I, I'm not saying that it's not true either. Um, I think it could go either way on that because, you know, clearly you're going to get the SEC champion if it's Alabama, if something weird Or Georgia. Happens. Or it could be Georgia. Yeah, you got to... You know, if Georgia, if they beat Alabama, you gotta you gotta think that both of them get to go. They're not gonna keep Alabama out of the playoffs unless they lose two games, and even then, it depends who they lose to. I think that it would take Oklahoma, Penn State. I think that one of the one of the conference champions would have to have a loss for Alabama to get in as a one loss team. I think that because right now you have Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan are all undefeated, 
And, I mean, Ohio State's is likely to get in as a one-loss, not Big Ten I don't even Ten want to talk champ. about the Big Ten because they'll find whatever way they can to screw Penn State again and put Ohio State in. Oh, they'll screw anybody that's not Ohio State. Ohio State straight up needs three losses to be disqualified from it. Oh, yeah, they had a big home loss to Oklahoma, and I guarantee you they are still, still going to get in before Penn State or Wisconsin. But, again, I think that uh, the only scenario that Georgia beats Alabama and they both go are if there's a few one-loss teams out there. And, you know, that could happen. Ba- or Oklahoma had a big scare against Baylor. Baylor's a bad football team this year. But on to a little bit more college football. Uh, talking about Georgia, they had a absolute just drumming of Tennessee in Knoxville, 41 to nothing. Uh it's a big talk is bye-bye Butch, and I think that the time has come at this point. They looked bad, and they got absolutely dominated in front of 100,000 people in Knoxville this weekend. Rumor I saw today was Chip Kelly. What do you think on Chip Kelly to Tennessee? Uh, Tennessee gets, like, the most money for a college football program. Oh, yeah. They're, like, right ahead, just right ahead of Alabama. It's insane. Um so they're going to definitely get the top guy on the market, and that guy probably is Chip Kelly. You have to think that, you know, Les Miles is a close second, and after that there's probably a little bit more of a drop-off for the guys that are unemployed right now Yeah. that, that Tennessee can go ahead and talk to, uh, you know, because they're not going to start. Of course, it's college football, so there's all sorts of dirty stuff going on. They might oh, have yeah. already interviewed Bobby Petrino or something, and nobody really knows about it. But Tennessee will be an attractive job no matter who gets it. They get the the talent. They have the budget to compete. It'll just be, you know, the best thing about Butch being there is that story I read one time. And this supposedly is a true story about a, a Tennessee fan having, like, a T-shirt on that said, Got Butch. And Alabama said, More like, Got Bitch. <laughs> and then they got in a fist fight, and they were both held on $500 bail in somewhere in Tennessee or Alabama or something. That is too awesome. Uh, Speaking of Tennessee and speaking of uh, head coach vacancies, did you see who I said should be the next head coach at the University of Missouri? No, who did you say? Derek Dooley. Oh. I like Dooley. He's been the wide receiver coach for the Cowboys for a few years. And as I said, Missouri's not a job that you have to go 10-2 and two every year. You don't have to beat Alabama to keep the fan base happy. What you can't do is go get schlubbed by Purdue at home <laughs> and lose to Middle Tennessee on homecoming. Yeah, when's that Georgia game? Mm, too soon. I don't, <laughs> you don't know for sure. I don't know yeah, for Missouri's sure. Yeah, one but... of those schools you can win seven games and the fan base is jacked up like national championship caliber team. I think that just seven wins keeps the fan base happy. You go to a bowl game, uh, you get some good recruits, and then you know every five to ten years you have a good ten win season. And look, that's what that's what Gary Pinkle did for fifteen years. I just don't think it's an attractive job right now at all. There's lots of underlying issues with that job you have a school where the enrollment the big one is the big the the, big problem with mizzou is they don't have any talent and on either side of the ball and they don't recruit and they're not and i don't the underlying issues aside i think that kwanzo martin doesn't i mean there's he has he's dealing with the same issues that barry odom is and he has not really yeah he took the job because 
but he was able to bring players that were already committed to him with him. They didn't just say Michael Porter's like, well, you know, if Quanzo no. didn't come to Mizzou, would Michael Porter have went to Mizzou? No, absolutely. But Mike, but Quanzo was at Cal, and Michael Porter Jr. was going to Washington, and Jeremiah Tillman was going to Illinois, and so he's he. My point is, he's getting big recruits there because of he's a good coach, he's a good but recruiter. Because Washington let go of their coach, though. Yeah, but which the, made which pissed off MPG so or Jay, and he's like, okay, well, then Quanzo calls him, like, won't you stay home? And come to Mizzou. That's where I'm going. I don't even think Quanzo Martin's that good of a coach. We'll see. He took. Uh, he had a. He had a good run at Missouri. He went to two uh, NCAA tournaments at Tennessee or at Missouri State. I'm sorry. He had a good run at Missouri State. Went to two NCAA tournaments at Tennessee. We'll find out. But I just don't think the Mizzou football job is very attractive at the moment. Um, not very attractive. They're not going to get a name. Like Derek Dooley would be a name for Missouri football. So, like I said, I'm not one of the higher, less that mile. job, though, to win. If he wins seven games, he's leaving town, like, super fast because that's and the it best could be. track to go there. I don't know. I just think it's a mess, and now they have a stigma on him. Like, a lot of people don't want to send their kids there. But then also when Nick Saban's going to someone's house, that's a five-star recruit that Mizzou's after, he's saying, look at the poop swastikas and racists up there. You know, and puts him a bad name. But don't get me wrong, because Alabama and Mississippi and stuff are known for their, you know. Time out. Before we get too far down a rabbit hole here, Nick Saban's not talking about any of that when he goes to a kid's house. When he goes to a kid's house, he's walking in with all those checks that all of his first-round players have gotten, and he says, this is what you're going to do at Alabama. Wearing his rings. Wearing these rings. Bad example. You know, let's use Dan Mullen. He's like, let me tell you what. He's like. There's issues up there, hunger strike. I just think it's a bad look, and it's going to take a couple more years to distance themselves from that before they can start. Yeah. And by that time, Missouri State will be the premier college and athletic place in the state of Missouri, so that's where not, everyone should go. Not as long as they're playing FCS football. They should get moved up. Okay, so getting back on track here, we have gone through uh, pretty much all the major conferences in college football right now who our favorites are who we think uh can make it we really didn't talk about the big 10 but we both discussed that we don't, don't like to talk to about the big because 10 because ohio state's still going to get in until ohio state gets two losses i'm convinced the playoff committee will put them in okay so let's go on to the nfl lucas did you see any oh the jets won their second game They're their second game tied with uh the new england patriots for second place <laughs> Do the, are the Bills in first Buffalo place? Buffalo Bills are Ooh. three and one, and they have two decent wins. Yeah, they they do. They beat uh they beat Atlanta yesterday. They beat Atlanta in the week and before they, they beat Denver. Denver. Are the Bills? Is it time to ask? Are the Buffalo Bills good? Are they circling the wagons. Are they circling I the think, wagons? I think so. I think Sean McDermott's come in there, and at all the controversy they had with trading guys, you know. And he's got that defense playing good. I mean, yeah. this is a game like it was a slugfest when they played Carolina. Their defense has given up the least amount of points. Their offense still ain't like that great. But Tyrod Taylor is, you know, he's shutting his doubters up some. They have LaShawn McCoy. 
they're not even really passing the ball hell of a whole lot. Yeah. But they got some talent. They got Zay Jones and Jordan Matthews and Charles Clay. So I mean, the Bills, they've done this before though. They've started the season off hot. They have, they haven't been in the playoffs in almost twenty years. They their fans are getting their hopes up right now, yeah. and the Bills have let them down before. But you know, it, a month into the season, you got a one game lead on the Patriots. You're feeling confident. You might be. I mean, the Patriots' defense is bad, so if they can get to Tom Brady, they might be able to knock Patriots off. I mean, they could. I don't. I don't know what's going on in New England right now. I know their defense is suffering without Dante Hightower. Offensively, I don't know what's going on. It's not just the Hightower. I mean, their secondary is not that great. Yeah, um, and I mean, know, they, they make moves. They give Gilmore big money, but yeah. Malcolm Butler, nah, hasn't really lived up to the hype he got after the interception in the Super Bowl. The Let's see, they let Logan Ryan go. Um, so they're kind of hurting a little bit back there. But And I know Dante Hightower means a lot, but you got quarterbacks coming in just lighting them up. Deshaun yeah. Watson lit them up. And then yesterday, uh, who'd they play? Carolina. Carolina. Cam Newton lit him up. And to this point in the season, Cam Newton hasn't lit anyone up yet. This is the most he's looked like his old self in a long time. They were averaging like 260 yards on defense through the first three games, or on offense, their first three games. And they put up like 440 yesterday. So, I. I want to know, I mean, you're probably not going to completely agree with this, but I think the Chiefs, like, this is the year to be a Chiefs fan. A Chiefs fan. The Patriots are down. I mean, the the Broncos and the Raiders are not without their issues. They're going to be good. But the AFC South is just, I don't even know what's going on in the AFC South. Uh, the Steelers have kind of looked lackluster. I mean, they lost to the Bears. Yeah, that was a bad I, I don't know. I mean, loss. so... For me, I think this is the year to be a Chiefs fan. Alex Smith, like it, apparently drafting a quarterback to right behind him. He doesn't want to lose his job again, or he doesn't want to be out of the league. So he has just changed the way he plays quarterback. And the Chiefs, I'm a, I'm Monday Night Football tonight. I'm pumped. Let's. Uh, I'm Let going to be me. wearing my Jamal Charles or my Jeremy Macklin jersey, <laughs> even though he's a member of the Ravens now. Let me preface this with. Let's see what happens tonight against the Redskins. Two weeks ago, I would have said Chiefs winning this game hands down. I picked the Chiefs to win on my picks. But Redskins, they shut Oakland down. They did. Pretty they, good. They, they looked really they good. They have a good secondary, which you know the Chiefs can make do with Kareem Hunt if he can find some space. But they shut down Marshawn Lynch, too. Now, don't get me wrong. Marshawn Lynch is 10 years older than Kareem Hunt. Uh, 15. And a different type of running back. But coming into the game, Marshawn Lynch was averaging, like, the most yards after first contact. Ended up the game with, like, 25 yards or something total. So, let's just wait and see. But I will I mean, the Chiefs are clearly the number one team in football right now. But I think tonight is a game that's going to, you know, previously we didn't think it'd mean a lot. But this game could be a statement game. Because Kirk Cousins and the Redskins look to be firing all cylinders the last couple weeks. Yeah. So going out to a former Missouri team, what about the Rams right now? They're three and one. I picked them to beat the Cowboys this week. I think in my picks, I, uh, you know, after that first week when they beat the Colts, I was looking at it. 
and I, you know, I tweeted certain things that hey, the Rams might be a surprise playoff team. No one's thrilled about the Seahawks offensive line still. Yeah, they beat the Colts last night, but they beat the Colts with the bad defense, a leaky offensive line, and their backup, backup quarterback. Who they traded for a week and before a the season started. And a 35 year old running back. Yeah. So, not an impressive win from the Seahawks for me. The Cardinals. They had to go to overtime against the Niners. They had to go to overtime against the Colts that the Seahawks beat. And overtime against the Colts that the Rams beat. So, you know, I think the Rams have a chance. They get San Francisco one more time. Mm-hmm. If they can split with Seattle and sweep the Cardinals, I think they could make a wild card. They could win the division. I think I think they could, I think the division right now is theirs to lose because I don't think Seattle has looked very good. Their defense is still <laughs> gonna look great at times, but I've noticed some Rams fans starting to that we know that were pissed off when they left. St. Which, Louis, you know, Rams whatever. Fans, yeah, yeah. Saint, starting to come around to the L.A. Rams. You know, it's kind of one of them things like, holy shit, they might win this div- like f them for leaving or whatever, yeah. but they might win the division. I rooted for them for twenty some years. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be tough to let go. And I understand that. And I won't ever tell somebody they're a turncoat because they're rooting for their team just because they left. Yeah. Because I really don't think it's – I mean, the Rams came from L.A. The if, the people that should be pissed off are Chargers fans. The people showing up in Carson are – there was more Eagles fans there than Chargers fans. It's, I feel bad for the Chargers. They're 0-4. They can't do nothing on offense because their stadium is halfway filled with their opposing teams <laughs> being loud on offense – when the Chargers are on offense, and it's like, why did they leave San Diego? San Diego loved them. Their 25,000-seat stadium only has 20,000 people there, and 17,000 of those are fans of the opposing team. Yeah, I mean, last week. There was week, like, seven, like 17,000 Eagles fans Yeah, there in Carson. And it was the same way with the Chiefs the week before. So, you know, but back to the Rams, like, Todd Gurley's already got more touchdowns this year than he had all of last year. He rushed for over 100 yards yesterday and almost had 100 yards in catching. He's looking like the Todd Gurley they drafted. Cooper Cup had a big game. The week before, it was Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins that had big games. Jared Goff's clearly made some strides. You can say their schedule hasn't been that tough. Dallas' defense gets beat up. Colts' defense gets beat up. But you got to win them games. I mean, you still got to win them. You still have to be a quarterback out there making them throws. So I'm not ready to say Jared Goff's a top half of the – you know, top half quarterback out of the 32 starting quarterbacks but you know the Rams are making improvements and so far it looks like Sean McVay at 32 years old was a hell of a hire yeah for sure and uh let me tell you what Todd Gurley and Greg Zerline were one hell of a daily fantasy play for Zer- me yesterday I had Greg <laughs> Zerline on three of my fantasy teams and he about outscored everyone else yeah I those were my Seven two high goals. scoring guys yeah and Won me some money, so uh, keep it up, Zerline. Uh, so, uh, anything else in the NFL that we missed from the weekend that the Packers d- dominated the Bears? That Which made that look Steelers loss to them look Even bad. worse, yeah. But the Steelers went into Baltimore and beat them the, pretty but handily. The, Le'Veon Bell's back. One thing I want to talk about, talking about this AFC South that I just I can't figure out. So the Jaguars dominate the Ravens, then get beat by the Jets. The Texans get beat by the Jags. They play the Patriots close, and then sure they won. just wipe. They had the Patriots beat. They got screwed yeah. by the ref. They get wiped out by the, the 
or they wipe out the Titans this week. Other than the fact that I'm pretty sure the Colts aren't going to win the division, I don't know what to think of the AFC South. You know, I don't think the Colts are going to win the division either, but as long as them teams keep beating up on each other and losing games, they should be winning. That leaves a slight window ajar for Andrew Luck, if he does come back, to reel off four or five wins and maybe put them in that division race. Were you going to be surprised if the division winner's 8-8 eight and eight in that? Not at think all. So. Not at all. I think at the beginning of the year, I thought this was going to be it. The Jags are probably going to win 10 games. The Titans would win 10 games. I really liked the Texans. I thought it was going to be a competitive division, and it's going to be one of them competitive divisions because of low quality. Yeah. Although the Texans... I mean, two games of Deshaun Watson in a row where he looked really well. Their defense is actually still kind of stepping up to the plate. They haven't played as well as they did last year. But what if Deshaun Watson's the real deal? If he's the real deal. Yeah, I mean. The Texans have won the division the last two years. So they've got guys on the team that know how to do it. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, one last thing, the Giants. Ken McAdoo's getting fired. Yeah. I have to say that he's probably he's probably the hottest coach on the seat right now. Like, oh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I thought it was probably Marvin Lewis, but the Browns have blessed him with a few more games yep. to get to play. But, you know, currently it's like, man, Giants look awful. They look awful. Just awful. Eli, I mean. And, you know, but you know what? Some of my Cowboy fans' friends, they're about ready to see Jason Garrett go. They're blaming him for their woes, and I'm like, well, Jerry Jones starts hearing the public start shifting, then watch out. And I think what's going to happen is Jason Garrett's getting fired this year for sure, and Sean Payton will be the new Cowboys coach. I can see that. I mean, that's two birds, one stone. The Saints are blessed with they don't have to fire their only coach that's ever won them a Super Bowl, and Jerry Jones gets... Right, and I think it's probably time... In the Saints to switch directions, Drew Brees might actually look to go somewhere that has a defense. Mm-hmm. Although the Saints did win, but I, I I don't know. I just feel like it's probably there's been rumors for years now, Peyton to the Cowboys, and I feel like Jerry Jones will make that move if it's a possibility. Okay, I kind of hope Tyler and Brandon are listening to this. How good are the Minnesota Vikings with Drew Brees? Well, if everyone else can stay healthy. You know, they look a lot better. Like, here's the thing. is I thought they were damn good with Sam Bradford. He's yeah. tearing it up. Case Keenum looked good last week, but now they're out there starting running back. Yeah. Dalvin Cook's out for the year now with the torn ACL. Who knows when Sam Bradford's coming back, but Bradford did look good. Diggs and Thielen are good. Kyle Rudolph's good. If anyone in the Vikings coaching staff's reading this, please throw to him way more. <laughs> and... uh there might be several. There will be several teams looking for a quarterback if Drew Brees is a free agent. If Big Ben retires, you know. Yeah. The Niners, the Cardinals, the you know, the Redskins if Kirk Cousins leaves. Yep. Yeah, and uh, okay, Lucas. So let's let's get over to baseball. Any more? Anyone? Any last football thoughts before no. we go? Okay, so let's talk a little Rocktober. Uh, we in our made it. We got we said they could do it, and they two did t- it. two teams in the National League wild card that when we were going through our preview, we were both higher on them than most people. The Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Uh, what do you what do you got for us on that pre- on that matchup? One game, 
So you got uh, John game, Gray versus Zach Greinke. Yeah, I. Rocky's a great story. I think it probably comes to an end Wednesday. Um, I'm going to take Gronky over John Gray. Yeah. I'm going to take Paul Goldschmidt and J.D. Martinez over Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado. They're playing in Arizona, which, don't get me wrong, Arizona is a very friendly hitter park, but it's not it's not uh, Coors Field. So yeah. give me the Diamondbacks. I agree. I think that... Uh... The big thing is Gronky versus John Gray. Uh, that just makes it tough. You know, if you can get to Holland in the back end of the Rockies bullpen, uh, which they got a knee check, right? Yeah. It, I don't know. I think that Gronky's going to be hard to overcome. I love Charlie Blackman, Chuck Nasty, uh, Arenado. I think that, you know, they can hit their way as far as they can go. But – I just if you have to pick, it's hard to they're, not pick the Diamondbacks. They're, the Rockies pitching staff is young. They were their arms were dead in August. We talked about this on several podcasts. They just you have your innings limits. They've never pitched this deep before. Things like that. They're twenty three, twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. So it's good that they're already getting the experience. They're just not stretched out enough. And I know a lot of old school guys are going to be like, oh, it don't matter. But, you know, now the way they treat people and pitchers and the big money they're paying everybody, that's just how it goes. Um, but, yeah, I hope Nishat gets in this game because him and Gronky apparently have this huge feud going on. Um, I'm not aware of this. Well, Pat Nishak collects baseball cards and memorabilia like nobody else. He, hmm. like, spends all his money on it. Huh. And he was trying to get... Uh, Gronky to sign a baseball card for him and Gronky said yeah they'd do it they'd meet up at the all-star game or whatever to do it and he like walked up to Zach to have him sign it and he wouldn't do it he told he told Pat to leave him alone or whatever so when Gronky was in the outfield stretching and stuff getting loose uh, Nishak went out there and was jogging by him and like dude what's your effing problem and stuff like that and Gronky just like turned away and ran back into the clubhouse or something. It really made... This was Pat Nishak's story. It really made Gronky sound like a little bitch. And I'm like, man, that sucks because everyone else signs it like, you know, all the talking heads on TV's like, Nishak always has people... Like, teams send stuff to the other other clubhouse pre-game, post-game all the time to get things signed for their family or their own personal collection or whatever. Yeah. It's a it's a professional courtesy. So I think there may be a little animosity there. You know, there ain't going to be no love loss between these teams probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I wish the Rockies the best. I just don't know how I'm not going to root for a team. I usually have to have someone to root for in a game to get, like, super into it. But I'm going to be okay with whoever wins this game. Like, it should be a yeah. fun game and – same here. Uh, in the American League wild card game, uh, got Irvin Santana versus Severino of the Yankees. Uh, Paul Molitor's done a hell of a job just to get the Twins there. Uh, Lost a hundred games last year. Yeah, like and Girardi's got. Uh, I mean, it was it was, it was a, an accomplishment for the Yankees to get to the postseason this year. They had a lot of young talent. CC hadn't they were looked in a good. Rebuild. Yeah, they were. And uh, what do, what do you what are you thinking for this game? I'm taking the Yanks. I think a lot of people are taking the Twins because they're small market underdog type guys, but I'm taking the Twins. I think they can get I think the Yankees can get to Santana and I think that 
the Twins, they're just not there. They weren't even expected to be there because they trade. They flipped Jaime Garcia like two days after they traded for him. They traded their best bullpen piece to Washington, and then they just start winning again. And the cards fell just right where they could go. So props to them, and they may win this game. But I'm going to take Severino over Santana, and I'm going to take the Yankees and all their talent over the Twins and all their talent. They got a lot of young talent too. But the Yankees have, you know, Didi Gregorius is batting fourth, and he's their shortstop. You got Starling Castro, who's batting over 300 this year, I think. He's missed some time, but, you know, good for Starling. You know, he's an original uh, Cub. I, my heart wants to pick the Twins, but my mind says pick the Yankees. The Yankees just have more talent. Not that the, the, the Twins don't have talent. Judge and but, Sanchez and maybe Bird will be there. And yeah. Todd Frazier and Clint Frazier. And, uh, you know, Brett Gardner. The list goes on. Ellsbury. You know, this is a very talented team. Yeah. And we're not even talked about their bullpen yet. They can go four guys deep. Oh, yeah. They only need six innings out of Severino. Nasty. Uh, Okay, let's get on to awards. Uh, Let's start with American League MVP. I'm going Aaron Judge. Give me the guy on the other end of the height spectrum. Give me Jose Altuve. Why? I like Altuve. I think uh, <laughs> you really put me on the spot there. Why judge? It's a crap ton of home runs. He's a rookie. The Yankees are back in the playoffs. And he's actually been on more than Jose Altuve. Which is pretty incredible for a guy who has struck out over 200 times. I know you like you some strikeout guys. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy that strikes out but still gets on base a ton. And, you know, he went through a a streak where he had, you know, 33 games with at least one strikeout or something crazy like that. Yeah, birthday all-time record. Like, he's slumping. Like, yeah, he did slump, but his numbers are still there, and they're damn impressive. Yeah, so bad bad radio right now. I'm looking up some Jose Altuve stats just to give me a little backup. Uh, let's go. We'll we'll just do all the American League. American League Cy Young. I'm gonna go Corey Kluber. Chris Sale will be a hot pick, but I think Corey Kluber gets it done. Uh, I'm with you, uh, Kluber. That'll be his second, correct? I think so. Yes. So good for him. Uh, Andrew of the year in the American League. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want to take uh, Tito because the you know they won like twenty nine of thirty one games or something, yeah. and that's crazy. And you know, Tito's had some adversity this year, some health issues, and missed a little bit of time. But as great as the job he's done, and he's got the hardware already to prove it. I'm gonna go with Paul Molitor. The Twins lost one hundred and three games last year. They come around, play good ball to start the season. Then they make some trades. They lose a few games. It's like, well, we're going to trade, you know, our closer. We're going to trade the starting pitcher we just got from the Braves. And then they win again. And you've seen strides in Miguel Sanu's game. You've seen strides in Brian Buxton's game. Um, I think he's turned them around to, you know, they're a winner. They won, you know, 80-some games compared to losing 103 last year. Give me Paul Molitor. 
Give me Paul Molitor as well. I think that it's an easy pick when you see the turnaround that they've had. Okay, so real quick, bad my bad radio continues. Uh, Jose Altuve, why I picked him for MVP. Uh, this is from BaseballReference.com. Uh, he leads the American League batters in wins above replacement, 8.4. Uh, he leads the, the AL in offensive war at 8.1. Batting average, 346. Trout leads the league in a lot of stuff still. Yeah, I would. I mean, I was half tempted. I was half tempted to take Mike Trout, and the only reason I didn't is I don't believe in this. Well, team doesn't make the playoffs, so they they are disqualified. You know, or this guy missed forty games; he's disqualified. I remember when Josh Hamilton won it, and he missed a month of the seat. Like he missed all of September one year, and still won the MVP award. Um, so I don't buy that. I think if your team makes the playoffs, that can help you. The more games you play, that obviously helps you. Mike Trout's clearly the best player in baseball, but I in Altuve has great numbers. But just seeing that Aaron Judge got on base more mm-hmm. than Jose Altuve, and actually you know has fifty some home runs, that's why I liked him. Okay, Lucas, give me your AL Rookie of the Year. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Okay. So let's get over to the National League and let's talk manager of the year. Co-manager. I'm going to go Tori Luvolo and Bud Black. Same. That's what we I think we both did at the midseason and for the preseason uh, show, we both had Bud Black. Yeah, so we did. We're pretty consistent throughout there. Um, National League, Cy Young. I want to pick Kershaw, but I'll go with Max Scherzer. Yeah, I'm going to take Scherzer as well. Who do you have for your uh, NL Rookie of the Year? Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger. I mean, Paul easy. Paul DeJong or whatever you yeah, say. Yeah, Paul name. DeJong. Greatest player of all time. Just all kidding. Right. It's Cody Bellinger. National League MVP. I want you to go first. I'm going to take the guy who has seventh place in war in the National League, Cardinals outfielder Tommy Pham. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, everybody. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going to take Charlie Blackman. He is second in offensive war. uh, Not not great defensively uh, on the old defensive war metrics. But uh, love, love, love his numbers. Over 330, 35 home runs. Uh, What do you have? 15 triples, 35 doubles. Uh... Leadoff hitter had 100 RBIs. I know that that's kind of a not a you know, not Cubs a great had stat. RBIs out of their leadoff spot. Spot. I'm talking <laughs> one player. Uh, give me Charlie Blackman, man. I know you're not going to take that. And I know you're not going to like it. Absolutely not. Because give Charlie Blackman. Look at his home road splits. They're incredible. He is like on. He's like his OPS is like 400 points difference on home road splits. He is clearly the definition of Coors Field uh, bias. I'm gonna take it though. I know that he might not be the favorite on his own team, but I like like my. I mean, my MVP probably be as controversial as yours because I'm taking Chris Bryan in a repeat. All this guy knows how to do is win awards. Homer. World Series. It is a homer pick. But you know what? His numbers this year are actually better than they were last year. Not his home runs or RBIs, but his uh, slash numbers. According to baseball reference, he's ninth in National League in war and fourth in offensive war. 
Right. And I think in fan graphs, they probably have him at like second or third in war. Um, but, I mean, you know, Chris Bryant might not even be the best player on his team. Maybe I should say Anthony Rizzo. But Chris Bryant's actually having a better year. His RBI numbers are down, which RBIs is a dying statistic. But I'm showing Chris Bryant, yep, 29 home runs, 73 RBIs. Yeah. His RBIs are down, but they didn't have a consistent leadoff hitter like they had last year in Dexter Fowler. He bats second. His strikeouts are and way Joe, down. Man, his strikeouts are below average now. His first year he had a 29% strikeout rate. Now they're down to like 19 and, you know, I remember when everyone was like, Randall Gritchick's better than Chris Bryant. And I'm like, well, they both strike out the same rate. Well, here we are two years removed from a lot of them comments. Chris Bryant's improved his game. Randall Gritchick hasn't. Randall Gritchick's still striking out 29%. Oh, Chris has cut his down by 10%. I, it's hard for me to take a guy who wasn't an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> Which was also bullshit. I understand that. And, you know... There's so many, like, don't be surprised, and maybe we'll come back to this if we remember, but there may be six players that receive a first-place vote. I think yeah, Chris I will think get that... a first-place vote. Blackman obviously will. Votto, Goldschmidt will both get first-place votes. Lance always likes to say Paul Goldschmidt. It will get the MVP. I mean... I don't hate it, but J.D. Martinez I, mean, I don't hate been... it, but, you know, J.D. Martinez has probably been their most valuable player since they got him. I think even someone's going to fool around and give J.D. Martinez a first-place vote. What I'm telling you, we're going to have multiple guys with first-place votes. Joey Votto? Yeah, Votto is definitely going to get some votes. Um, Stanton's going to get some votes. You know, some you know some guys are like me, don't care how your team finishes. Um, because obviously Votto and Stanton's teams aren't in the playoffs. You know, Tommy Fan's team's not in the playoffs, so he should get no votes for anything ever. So, by that logic, we're not giving Stanton any votes either, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're consistent on that, but, you know, I, the, the not playoff things don't bother me like it does some people. Some people are adamant that, you know, you to be MVP, your team has to make the playoffs. You know, I remember when A Rod won it when the Rangers won like fifty five games. Like it's happened. I don't I don't know why. I just don't Some years, yeah, A Rod's year was just stupid. I don't think that I mean Stanton hit a lot of home runs, had a lot of RBIs, but I don't know that that's enough to convince me. Who do you Would, think okay, okay, let we... me ask you this. Would the Cardinals made the playoffs with John Carlos Stanton in right field? Yes. I don't think so. I mean, what they finish? It's hard. For, to well, say. shoot, what they finish? Four games out behind the Rockies, three games out behind the Rockies. Yeah, maybe. Man, that's hard I'm to argue. About division. Oh, oh, division. But you know, the wild card. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they could have won the division with him. I mean, you can't play these games really. But I'm just trying to figure out like how valuable he is. He's clearly very valuable, and I think the Marlins are making a mistake if they get rid of him. I think they oh, should I just agree. keep going into the cycle of debt because I think their biggest asset is. Ozuna, Stanton, and Yellick in their outfield. That's the outfield envy of the game. I just don't know, looking at this, who... I think that it'll be, like, the most interesting MVP race. It'll be the most split race. There will be... Everyone's ballot, will from 1 through 10, will be a different order. No one yeah. will have the same order. Because... You know, it's total points, you know, whatever, because you got to throw in Rizzo's going to get some votes. Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw will mm-hmm. probably get some votes. 
So, you know, Kenley Jansen may even get... Not, and I'm not saying first pick, but they, it matters if yeah. you're throwing names in. It, you know, this guy's getting the third place vote, you know. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, it's hard. I don't think anyone can be wrong with their pick. I mean, I, I think you're wrong. But... <laughs> <laughs> Just like I think you're wrong. So then we cancel each other out. I don't know that I would have Bryant in my top three. Again, you're wrong. I just don't know what you're not understanding about this. I don't even have Blackman in him. I would take Arenado over Blackman. And Arenado's not even as good as Chris Bryant. Oh, we're, is this when you want to have that oh, is debate? This why, is this why Chris Bryant already is an MVP and keeps winning award after award after award? Just because he's freaking Chicago's media, darling. Compare numbers. Compare numbers. Compare National defense. media, darling. All right. I'm going to compare anything. Imagine Stanton and Harper on the Cubs. That's happening. Ah, they're getting one. They're not getting both. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to get both, but Bryce Harper, future Cubs. All right. Let's look at some Nolan Arenado traditional statistics. Uh the last three years, he's had 42 home runs, 41 home runs. This year, he had 37. RBIs, 130, 133, 130. Uh, let's look at OPS, 957, 932, 898. Um, strikeouts, is 110, 103, 106. He's, better, he's, than, he's better than No, he's Bryant. not. No, he is not. <laughs> I, I just think he is. I, it's not that I don't it's not that I don't think Chris Bryant's good. I just think Nolan Arenado's better. And that's when, yeah, okay. I mean, dropping this subject before <laughs> I leave because this is ridiculous. That's like everyone talking about how great Tommy Fan is. Overrated. Just to get back at you a little bit. All the Cardinals are overrated. I had this conversation with somebody at work the other day. Let's we'll we'll talk about a couple of teams here in Missouri that didn't make the playoffs. There's no one on the Cardinals team that isn't movable to me. No, no one. I mean, see, you're if, not getting if any Tommy return. If Tommy was 23 years old, he's a keeper. Oh, yeah. If he's 23. But I think he's going to be 30 by yeah. the start of next season. I think you're right on that. You're going to end up in a Dexter Fowler situation where Fowler had a good, pretty good year this year when he didn't miss six weeks of the season. But Fowler's going to get older. Tommy Pham's going to get older. If a contender wants Tommy Pham right now and will trade a good prospect for him, I would trade him. Yeah. I mean, that's just me because he's more tradable than Fowler, who has to approve a trade. He's more tradable than Piscotty, who had a very bad year. Nobody wants that long of a deal they just gave him. And Grichuk, who's definitely getting traded because he's just now starting to be arbitration eligible. So, But I still don't think no one on that team brings back no, a package. No. The only guys on that team that's going to bring back a major league ready player or a stud is Luke Weaver and Jack Flaherty. Maybe Alex Reyes, depending on how yeah. his recovery is going. I just don't think there's anybody. On, I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not one of the Cardinal fans. You know this that say, "Oh, these guys are worth top prospect packages." I think what they did with uh, Mike Leake is something that they need to be looking at doing with different guys on their team. I mean, they didn't get crap for him, but they got rid of his money. I think Matheny's... I'm, there's 
we don't have enough time. Let's talk about the Kansas City Royals. So the Kansas City Royals, after their last game yesterday, they did this tribute to you know the past few years. And at the end of the game, you saw uh, Hosmer, Moustakis, uh, Lorenzo Kane, and Escobar all go together, uh, arms locked and uh, or armors around each other, and tip their caps to the fans. It looks like they're all gone. The Royals. You don't think they're going to keep at least one of them? Kane's gone. No one really wants Escobar. They could probably bring him back on like a $2 million deal. Yeah, he 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 is brings nothing to the table offensively, so I don't think that he's going to be very sought after. But uh, losing if you lose Moustakis and Hosmer, I mean, you're going And they back. could keep both of them if they didn't give Alex Gordon a shit ton of money. Yeah. Yeah, they, they could have kept both of them. Two years, forty. They should have let Alex Gordon go to the Cardinals. They should have let him go to the Cubs. Cubs didn't want him. They wanted Jason oh, Hayward. Oh, the Cubs were in on that talk. Uh, now the Cubs are like, "Wish you did get Jason Hayward. Like he wanted to help us win a World Series, but that's Bryce's spot now." I, the the Royals are going to have some lean years coming up, and I. It's going to be bad, if Cardinal fans think they're in misery right now. The next three years. The Royals went to two straight World Series, and they're getting ready to hit rock bottom fast. They could could lose 100 games next year. They should lose 100 games next year. Yeah, I mean, I think that that you get what you can out of... At this point, maybe they don't even try to sign any of them back and just bottom out. I don't know how hard it would be to bottom out. I don't know what... I mean... Look at look at their roster. They have, I mean, Dan Duffy, uh, Salvi Perez, and uh, Soria are about their only three desirable assets on that. They have team. to go in and evaluate and see how long it would take, what they think they could do to compete again. Because if it's more than three years, which would be a pretty speedy rebuild, honestly, they should trade Sal to help speed it up. Yeah. I would hate that because you 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 would but, hate it, but that's how you get into situations where you're ended up with your team's almost there, but now he's past his prime. Take Joe Maurer and the Twins. Yeah, he's still serviceable. He starts and plays, but he's past his prime on an up and coming team. Um, you know, not trading guys when they still have value can get you in trouble. Yeah, like you know, I always said for years, like. Four years ago, I said the Cardinals should trade Matt Holiday when they get something out of him. And, you know, maybe that's not a big deal because Tommy Pham came in and produced this year. But, you know, you, you'd, like, hold on to a guy that could get you three decent prospects. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think – I'm not saying they have to trade him, but they need to see how long they think it's going to take. I think that the organization and fans are a little weary of Dayton Moore's uh, – trading right now because after the Wade Davis deal because Solaire had an awful awful year spent most of it in triple a yeah and so they're like well ugh, do we really want to give up what you know, little we have because left I've seen this guy that I hate on Twitter and I just hate this guy you just you, hate him you hate a lot of people yeah but this guy I hate him <laughs> and he you know he's a fan of the evil empire he's a cardinal fan yeah but he's the best fan in baseball. He liked to compare. Awesome. He said that Rosenthal and Tyler Lyons are better than Wade Davis and that the Royals won the Wade Davis trade if the Royals get anything out of Jorge Soler. 
anything is what he said. They won the trade. Cubs made a bad deal. Theo's stupid. How? Wade Davis blew one save this year all season long. And they're going back to the playoffs. And he's you got to have a bullpen in the playoffs. And this guy didn't understand it. Blocked me. I didn't even use the F word or anything. I think that you just have to give that a reply like uh, the end of Billy Madison when he's like, nothing you said made any sense. We're all dumber for having heard it. And may God have mercy on your soul. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's just stupid fandom. I think that, uh, no, I, I, I'm torn on the Royals. I think you're right. I mean, they have Dan Duffy for four more years. They have Salvi for four more years. And I don't think that either of those guys are going to be around to see the next good Royals team. So, if they're not, you know, they could get a lot. Look at what the Nats gave up for Adam Eaton. Yeah. You're getting the best American League catcher, maybe the best catcher when he's healthy in baseball. Or, you know, I, I certainly think top for a few three. years he's been the best catcher yeah, in baseball. He probably is. I mean, he's not quite Wilson Contreras or Yachty. Shit. <laughs> oh, you said to both shit of to those. Yachty. <laughs> to both uh, of those. You know, so... You could get a lot because there's are catcher needy teams out there that are just begging well, for Sal- some catching. Salvi's great defensively, and he can hit the ball. Yeah, so I mean, they could get a king's ransom for him if they want to speed the rebuild along. But if they decide to spend some money this winter and bring back Hosmer and maybe Escobar and maybe sign one or two, you know, guys, maybe they make a run at Lance Lynn or somebody, you know, then okay, keep them. Maybe you'll they somehow still- be good enough. To still compete. have Alex Gordon. I mean, and that's an albatross they're not going to get rid of. Ian Kennedy could... Pitchers can become worth their money pretty quick. Yeah. You know, the way the pitching market is now. But Alex Gordon is done. Just done. Yeah. I, I Worst slugging percentage in baseball for any qualified hitter this year. Yeah. I mean, just so terrible. Did I tell you that whenever we went to the Royals-Cardinals game in Kansas City, some guy was mouthing me for pointing out that Alex Gordon was having a horrible statistical year. He was like, yeah, I see that. Aren't you the smartest baseball fan ever? Of course, I had like, my Cardinals <laughs> stuff on. <laughs> That's why he said something. I would have probably said the same thing. Nobody knows more about baseball than you, buddy. I mean, I'm not wrong. Yeah, I know. Statistics don't lie. I mean, Cardinals had look or not. at him like Alex Gordon had like Four home runs this year. Like, yeah. Jason Hayward was like six times the hitter Alex Gordon was. That's saying something. And if, I mean, they're making the same money, so bad yeah. value or great value for Hayward? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with what they're paying Hayward, especially after, let's see, what uh, J.D. Martinez hits this winter and if Justin Upton opt out, what he gets. Obviously, they're a little better players, of course. Jay, uh, Jason Hayward's still a little bit younger than them. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast today. Uh, we both, Luke and I, both have some writing to do this week. Tonight, I'm going to do my uh, college football top ten rankings, uh, and then uh, Lucas, how'd your picks go this week? I went three I and five. Looked at him yet. I'm so terrible. Haven't I, looked at him yet, but I did miss some games. I mean, I didn't have the Jets winning. My faith I in Vanderbilt and Mississippi State have cost me like four wins the last two mm. weeks because I've taken the unders or the overs and them. Mississippi State lose? Oh, Auburn murdered them like 49-13. to 13. Damn, I was starting to get high on them. Oh, Auburn's back. Oh, and back Georgia, on- <laughs> Georgia murdered them last week. Back on the Gus bus. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
Nothing is better for your offense than playing Missouri's defense. And gets it's, you going again. Who yeah. do they play this week? This week they play Kentucky, and they're a 14-point underdog. Mizzou is? <laughs> yeah. Take Kentucky. Take Kentucky on that. Uh, spoiler alert on my picks this week. I'm taking <laughs> Kentucky minus 13 and a half. So, all right, guys. Well, we will be back with our playoff preview once the uh, divisional matchups are set. And uh, we'll have some predictions and look through all those matchups. Lucas, uh, anything to add before we get off here? Nope. All right, everybody have a good week. We'll talk to you later this week.